Well, we're in this series on greater. Somebody say greater. And it's this thought of chasing your dream. And specifically, I I just want to begin by acknowledging the fact that how cool is it that we serve a God that no matter where you are in your life right now, God has something greater for you. Isn't that a cool thought? Now, for some of you, like, well, that's a good thing because life stinks right now. So I'd like to think that there's something greater. Well, no doubt about it. If you're going through a hard time, you can know that your current reality doesn't have to be your forever forecast. You can know that with God's help, you don't have to stay where you are. You can come out of that. But what's amazing about God is even those of you who are on top of the mountain right now, the birds are singing, the sun is shining, you're loving your job, you're loving your family, everything is just hunky-dory, you're like, this is just so awesome. How many of you understand that even in that situation, that as good as it may be, God still has something greater even for you. See, when you're following God, Scripture tells us that we go from glory to glory to glory. We don't have to fear like walking with God is like the stock market. This might be good now, but it's going to crash any minute. Things may be going okay right now, but any minute the storm's going to come in. True, in life we have ups and downs, but when it comes to living for God, God wants you to move from glory to glory to glory. And so this series is about how God wants to do something greater in your life. He wants your family to experience greater. He wants your job to be an experience where there is greater, where God moves greater, where God gives you greater influence where you have greater impact. I mean, this whole thought of greater is so biblical because it's from God, it's his heart, it's his plan. As we get ready to jump into it today, I'd like to begin by just painting a picture, and then we'll pull from just the analogy, the illustration of the Olympics. Anybody enjoy watching the Olympics? Just wave at me right now if you enjoy watching the Olympics. It's always fun. You have these cities that will spend millions of dollars in construction, in infrastructure in their city, in marketing and promotions. The event itself is just spectacular. There's so much pageantry. There is uh, so much uh, festivity that takes place. I mean, it really is just a major, major deal. Uh, Not to mention the intense competition between world-class athletes. And yet, the climax of the whole experience is not so much the festivities that open it up or the stadiums in which they are held, but it all climaxes in the moment for the athlete and for those cheering for them at the award ceremony when they step up on that block and they hear their national anthem being played and the crowds are cheering, people are screaming, they're home nation is ecstatic because of how they represent it, and they receive that reward, that award of the gold medal. Did you know that that's not just something that the Olympic Committee came up with, but that's something that you can even read about in the Bible? As a matter of fact, I want to take you there. I want us to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verses 9 and 10. 
And as we do, I want us to look at this today and see that even Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, he borrowed some of this imagery of this award ceremony, this picture, if you will, of what would take place at the Olympics or at some type of competition or event, and he uses it to teach us something about what it means to dream bigger, to have greater dreams, God-sized dreams, as we strive to live for eternity. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. If you're ready, say, uh-huh. Come on, if you mean it, say, oh, yeah. Paul says, therefore, we're always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. Pause. Here's what he's saying. As long as we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. He says, I get it that as long as we're here on this earth, in this body, we're not yet in heaven. He not only says it here, he's going to reiterate it in just a moment. Let's keep reading. He says, for we live by faith, not by sight. And so in verse 8, he says, we are confident. Somebody say confident. I say we're confident, and I would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Again, contrasting earth versus heaven. As long as we're here, we're not there. As long as I'm in this body, I'm not in my heavenly body. As long as I'm here on earth, I'm not present with the Lord in terms of in heaven, in heaven for all of eternity, in the presence of God. So he's contrasting it, and he says, I'm going to be honest with you. I would rather be in heaven. Can anybody relate? Come on, I talk about it a lot. I say, it seems like just about every sermon I preach at some point, I just find, doesn't even have to be in my notes, I just find it coming out saying, I can't wait for heaven. I just say it all the time. I don't just say it when I preach. I say it at home. I probably say it at home more than I say it when I'm preaching. I'm just ready to go to heaven. I say it when I'm parenting. I say it a lot when I'm parenting. I just can't wait to go to heaven. Think about that. Paul is like projecting our thoughts towards this great dream, this future reality, something that he aspires to, and he says, I can't wait to be there. He's looking forward to it, and I know that I am too. I mean, no more diabetes, no more dialysis, no more chemo, no more heartbreak, no more anxiety, no more depression, no more divorce. No more abuse. And that's just, I mean, we're just getting started. Some of you are like, well, I got seven or eight of those. Keep going. You know, and you can relate. This is earth. While we're here, we're not there. Paul goes, I'm going to be honest with you. I know I'm here, but I can't wait to be there. And then he goes on to say this. He says, so, since we're here headed there, we make it our goal to please him. Who's him? We're talking about God. We make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For, verse 10, look at this. For we must all, somebody say all. Come on, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Who will? I will. You will. We will. We all will. Tell your neighbor right now, that means you, bro. Come on, that means you. We must All, somebody say all, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And look at this. (laughs) You might even want to underline this. You might want to pay attention. You ever made a note to self? This would be a good one right here. Here's why we're going to appear before the Lord. So that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. 
And see, right now, even just reading that verse, there are some of you, you are breaking out in hives. You're like, can you go back to talking about the Olympics? And we see this thought here of we're all, every single one of us, no exception, every single person in the room, the person seated in your chair right now, every one of us is going to appear before God and we're going to give account for every single thing we've ever said and every single thing that we've ever done. If some of you are like, you mean that one? Yes, even that. Every single thing we've ever said, every single thing we've ever done. And some of you are starting to get nervous just talking about it. But did you know that in this judgment right here, we're not talking about a judgment of sin? See, after life on this earth comes to an end, all of us will stand before God, but there are actually two different judgments. One is a judgment for salvation or of sin, and the other one is a judgment of service. So see, one is when you stand before God, and if while on this earth you never had a relationship with God, you didn't want a relationship with God, you didn't want to worship God, you didn't want to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, then you'll stand before God and he say, while on earth you never wanted a relationship with me, so guess what? You're going to have your wish granted for all of eternity. Depart from me, I never knew you. That's the great white throne judgment, but that's not what we're talking about right here. So if you don't have a relationship with God, man, the greatest, greater that you could ever imagine is today saying, I don't want to stand before him on that day not having my sins forgiven. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life, and today's the best day that could possibly happen. Why? Because you're right here and right now, and God stands ready to forgive you and show you grace and mercy. But this judgment's not that one. This is not a judgment of sin. It's a judgment of service. In other words, you don't have to be afraid to stand before God. Or you might look at it this way. If you fear God now, you won't have to fear God then. Like if you live today going, you're God and I'm not, then on that day he'll go, and guess what? I got you fixed up. I just got you hooked up for all of eternity because you recognize your need for a Savior. You surrender your life to me. Fear him now. You won't have to fear him then. For followers of Jesus, this is a judgment of service. And you say, yeah, but it still says that we're going to be judged for things, whether good or bad. And a better understanding of those words, literally that what they should be communicating, is worthwhile or worthless. You tracking with this? So it's not a matter of we're going to stand before God and it's like, hey, you did four good things while on earth, but I need to talk to you about these 712 bad things that you did. Now, I'm going to let you in, but not till we go over this list. Then do you remember that one time? Like, Lord, I was hoping you didn't see that one. It's not going to be like that. Because on that day, he's not looking at our sin or our shortcomings. He sees the righteousness of Christ. The only way I'm able to go in is not that my good outweighs my bad. He's looking at me, and he sees himself. He sees his righteousness applied to my life. And so what I'm being judged for is, what did I do with my remaining heartbeats while on earth? Once I accepted his forgiveness and grace, what did I do for my remaining days? And Paul is saying, there is coming a day, this award ceremony, that is more grand, more spectacular than anything you've ever seen. The the angel is going to be playing a tune. I mean, all of heaven is going to be rejoicing. It's going to be a celebration of all celebrations. And we make it our goal to please him because one day we will stand before him. And you got to make sure that you don't focus on the worth less but you focus on the worthwhile here's what worthwhile is it means it's a dream that's tied to eternity 
In other words, it's stuff that matters for kingdom's purpose. It's stuff that counts in God's eyes. I mean, there are a lot of things that we do here on earth that not necessarily sin. It's just not moving the ball forward for God's kingdom work. It's not that God's looking at it and going, that's bad. He's just looking at it going, there's some greater that you could be focused on right now. And so I want to show you just from this thought on what it means to live for the worthwhile, not the worthless, what it means to live with a greater dream. First thing is this, uh, living with a greater dream, number one, it means you begin with the end in mind. Let me explain that. You begin with the end in mind. Remember when Pastor Herbert started off this series and he just, the first one was he said, I'm going to start with two words, get started. Do you remember that? He said, just get started. Somebody say, get started. Come on, he said, just get to moving, just get to doing something. And it's this thought of a parked car is really hard to steer. Have you ever noticed that before? I mean, there's something to say for just get going. Don't wait till you're perfect. Don't wait till your circumstances are ideal. Just get going. I want to piggyback on that thought and say, as you start, begin with the end in mind. Meaning, as you begin to chase a dream, have you clearly defined and described, can you understand what your dream even is? What is it that you're shooting for? How will you even know when you score a point? How will you even know when to cheer? How will you even know when you're making progress? The desired end game, how you determine that, how you define that is critically important. I don't know about you, but I've never heard of an Olympic athlete who his goal and his dream and his desire was just to participate in the Olympics. They wanted to win the Olympics. I've never heard anybody say one day, when I grow sacrifice, I'm going to work hard, hours and hours, financially sacrifice. I'm going to do all that so that one day I can get seventh place in bobsledding. I've never heard anybody say that. The goal is not just to participate. They have dreams. They have desires to win. They are imagining. They are in, in anticipating receiving their medals. There are many people who go through life and they have no goals. They have no dreams. Or if they are, their dream is to make it through the day. I mean, 5 o'clock can't come fast enough. I mean, they just stare at the clock. Or like, no, no, I'm bigger than that, man. I live for Friday. Okay, they live for Friday. They just live for the weekend. Praise the Lord, it's Friday. Then, oh, Lord, it's Monday. You know, that's where they live. No, not me. I have bigger dreams than that. I live for vacations. Okay, two months from now. Oh, a month from now. Oh, just two more weeks, and I'm on vacation. How many of you ever noticed that vacations are never long enough? You ever notice that? Man, it takes forever to get here, and then it's just like, it just seems like lickety split. It's gone. And some people, not, I'm a man of depth. I've got a lot more in me than I'm. I'm living for retirement. Well, have you ever, like, been hanging out with people who retire? They're like, now what? They don't even know what to do. You live your whole life for it, and then you get there, and you're like, now what? What we're talking about is the end game, whatever you're chasing. I just want you to know that if your dreams are tied to this earth, you aren't dreaming God-given, greater dreams. God has something stronger. He has something bigger. He has something more significant for you. And it's not tied to this world. Let me give you the second thought. Number two is this, that those who have those God-sized greater dreams, they understand that great living starts with great thinking. Great living starts with great thinking. 
you ever heard successful coaches talk about how for their players how the game is won and lost right here in their mind? You ever heard them talk about that? They talk about how the biggest challenge is getting their teams mentally prepared. It's usually not won and lost off of physical strength, but it's usually just the mental focus or the mental toughness, the ability to execute a plan, to stay disciplined in their minds. And it's, it's always interesting whenever I hear a reporter interview uh, some Olympic athlete who just won the gold or somebody who just had some successful you know, championship accomplishment or something. It's always interesting to me me whenever the reporter will say, did you ever imagine that you would be here today receiving this medal? Because all of the athletes always say, yes, my whole life. I've replayed this over and over and over again since I was a young child. In my mind, I saw myself scoring the touchdown. In my mind, I hit the buzzer beater. In my mind, I broke through the tape. Because it all starts in the mind. That dream is something that you don't just stumble onto, but it begins a picture that you're holding onto and that you strive for. Did you know that that's not just for athletes, but it's for all of us? So much so to where Paul is saying this. Listen, if you're going to be ready for that day, here's a little tip. You might want to think about it from time to time. If you're living for that day when you stand before him and say, here's my life of service. I, all of my days, all of my talent and treasure and time, all of that comes together. And I present it to you on that day. Paul says, if you want to be ready, if you're going to make it your goal to please him, to be ready for that, you might want to spend a little time thinking about it. How often do you think about standing before God and presenting your life to him? But that's our ultimate goal. That's the biggest and the biggest. It's the greatest of the greatest. That is the ultimate. How much time do you think spend thinking in terms of what you are sending ahead that will last forever instead of being consumed with the right here and the right now? How often do you do that? You see, you got to understand that great living starts with great thinking. That's why the Apostle Paul says this in Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. He says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. He's like, when your mind is consumed with thoughts of this world, that is where your heart is. It's like when you're you're mowing a field, you set your eyes on where you want it to go so that you can cut a straight path. You know, if if you have this destination you're going to, you keep your eye on it. Why? Because your vision, your focus will determine your path. And he's saying, listen, if it's your goal to please him, you might want to spend some time thinking on that and allowing that to dictate your steps Today, you'll never take the right steps if you're first not thinking the right thoughts. That's why I just want to encourage you to guard your hearts from negative messages, destructive messages. Guard your ears from negative voices, negative people who would cause you to become consumed with sideways energy, temporal, earthly, petty, carnal things that just zap you of your strength and your energy. They take your focus off of what you're living for. Paul is saying, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Feed on the Word of God. 
fill your heart and your mind with his promises, with his direction, with his guidance. What are you doing? You're studying the playbook so that you can execute the calling that he has on your life, so that you can live out the dream that he's purposed for you. Before you were ever here, God had a dream for you, so he shaped you, wired you, and made you, and brought you into this world for such a time as this to carry out that dream. But if you're not feeding your mind with his word, with his truth, you'll stumble and fumble along the way. You live for that day. Remind yourself about that day. Greater living will start with greater thinking. Let me give you this third thing. Number three, value the ultimate over the immediate. Value the ultimate over the immediate. And back to the stories. It's fun, uh, or to the athletes, it's fun to hear the stories, the the. Um, you know, the life stories or the journeys of the athletes. And it's always interesting to me that the greatest of the greats, every single one of them, their stories are filled with moments of sacrifice, moments of great discipline and focus. Have you ever, like, read about an Olympic uh, athlete, like what their diet is even like? Have you ever seen any of that before? I mean, they're eating stuff. You're like, bro, is that even food? Like, what is that? You know, and, and they, they just, there are stories of sacrifice of their time. Everybody else is still sleeping. They're up early in the morning practicing, training. As they go through the day, there are other people like, hey, I went out and I, I bought a new car. Or I did this or I did that. And you see these athletes and they're telling stories about how they didn't spend money on that because they wanted the best gear. They wanted the best equipment. They were hiring the best trainers, the best coaches. It's sacrificing of time, sacrificing of their money, sacrificing their social life. Everybody else is going to be going to the movie. And they're like, man, I can't. I got to get to bed on time because I got a big training day tomorrow. There's so much sacrifice. Why is that? Because they value the ultimate over the immediate when everybody else is going man I can't make the JV team then you got these successful people standing on the block holding the gold medal why because they value the ultimate over the immediate and there are other people who just get caught so much up in the temporal or the immediate that they miss out on what's really really important Listen to what Paul says in describing this very thing in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 25 and 26 he says, everyone, somebody say everyone, everyone who competes in the games, look at this, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. You catch that? Paul is saying we make it our goal to please him because one day we'll stand before him. You've got to understand that his dreams are greater than any dreams that we could have tied to earth. His are tied to his kingdom. His are tied to forever. His are tied to eternity. And so he says we make it our goal to please him. So it starts with your mind thinking on him. And you've got to know as you go through life, you're going to have to value the ultimate over the immediate. It just reminds me of the hundreds of people who just a week or so ago, you stepped out in faith and you embraced the three-month challenge to tithe. You're like, hey, I'll do the three-month tithe, and you started tithing. You know why you did that? Because you listened to the Word of God, and you said, I'm willing to step out and do this, even though it's going to cost me something here in the moment. This is going to provide something that's far greater than anything that I could have imagined. And as you're doing that, I'm not saying that it's always easy, but I'm telling you it is always worth it. You value what's important. 
What's significant? Don't, don't let your dreams be tied to the things of this world. Don't let your time, your talent, your treasure be limited to, I just want people to know how smart I am. That fizzles. That fades. It evaporates. It's gone. You don't live for the applause of man. You live for the approval of God. I'm not here to impress people. I'm here to honor the God who created me. I don't want to use my time to where it's gone and then it's empty. I want to use my time to invest in something that's going to last forever. I don't want to spend this play money, this earthly money on stuff where I'm just acquiring more and more and more. What can I do to use this earthly money, this currency, to lay up treasures in heaven so there will be people forever in God's presence instead of hell? I want to be committed to the ultimate, not just the immediate. For those of you that are out doing that and you're serving week in and week out here on the dream team, you're recognizing that, you know what, I want my life to count for something. It's not all about me. It's about my dreams being tied to something that they're bigger than me. For those of you that are part of dream builders and you're giving generously and sacrificially, you're making a statement of where your heart is tied to and what it is that you're thinking about and dreaming about. It is greater than what you're doing here on this earth. It's it's what you're doing here that's going to last for all of eternity. I want to give you this fourth and this final thought, and then we're going to wrap up. It would be those who are dreaming great dreams are committed to walking by faith, not by sight. Those who are committed to walking by faith, not by sight. You see, whenever we're serving the Lord and we're striving for that day, there are going to be things that come up along the way between where we are and where we're going to be one day. There will be things that will come up that are going to be difficult. There are going to be things that cause us to want to abort the plan, things that would cause us to want to, to, to derail or get off track. And, and yet, uh, God is calling us to honor Him even when we can't see it, feel it, or touch it, to trust Him. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. For our light and momentary troubles. If you're underlining, you might just underline that word light and that word momentary. Because most of us have the word circled troubles. We focus on that. Paul is saying it's all relative. It depends on your vision, your dream, your perspective. He says, for our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us, underline this word, an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. He's saying whatever we're having to sacrifice today, you can't even call it sacrifice. You're just paying it ahead. What you're doing right now is you're laying up treasures in heaven. You feel like it's costing something now, but you know what? That's not real sacrifice. That's called an investment, and it's about to come back on you, shaking down, pressed together, and running over. Your time, talent, treasure. We're talking about your dreams. We're talking about your service of God. We're talking about your entire life. And so he says in verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is, what does it say? Unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What are you living for today? Are you caught up in just the stuff of this world to where when the game clock strikes zero and it's over, all you've got is the plastic trophies of this world? Are you living for a day when you'll stand before a holy God who'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in and receive your reward. And he will honor you for a lifetime of service to him. Why? Because your heart and your head were tied to his dream. For all of eternity. 
And sometimes when we're doing that, we, 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 we don't know what to think. It seems difficult and it seems hard because he might be calling us to do something. We're going, I can't do that. We feel inadequate. We feel like we're not smart enough. We feel like we're not gifted enough. Let me, let me illustrate it this way. Let me show what I mean to where sometimes you just have to trust God. I'm going to have a couple of friends come out and help me right now, and I'm going to paint a picture for you, all right? So you guys go ahead and come out if you would. All right, we got Josh Haney. How are you, Josh? Jonah, how are you, my brother? Good. Okay, so let's just pretend here for just a second. I know that you're probably like NBA material. Seriously, just looking at you, you got that look, bro. You got the eye of the tiger. I bet you could slam dunk a basketball. As a matter of fact, I bet you could jump from the, from the free throw. But no, you could jump from the three-point line and slam dunk it. All right, don't you guys think he could? I believe that he could. Come on, he's a, you can just tell. But I'm going to pretend for a minute, let's just pretend like you don't even like basketball, you don't even know how to play basketball, and let's just talk about Josh LeBron James Haney here for a minute, okay? And let's just say that God is saying, I want you to take him on in one-on-one, one, one on one, all right? I want you to defeat him. I want you to just show him what's up. I want you to school him in basketball, but you don't even like it. You don't even know how to play. LeBron James, Josh, LeBron James, Haney, right? You're going, man, this is going to get tricky. See, that's where a lot of us live. We feel like God tells us to do something, and we're like, yeah, that won't work. You know, that's the way we feel. That's the way we think. That's what we're imagining. And God's going, well, here's the deal. You're walking by sight, not by faith. You're going off of what you see in your natural. You're going off what you think in your natural. But God never calls us to dream dreams that we can do on our own ability. If whatever dream you're chasing, you can do it, it's not from God. He calls us because he knows he's the God of the impossible. So he says, I want to put you in a situation to where I'm giving you a dream that makes your heart beat fast and you're so excited, but when you look around, you think there's no way. But here's what God will do. See, he'll call you to do that, but here's the rest of the story. God will say, I got your back, though. I got a little more help. Come on out here, guys. I got, I got Westbrook. I got, I got uh, Carmelo. I got PG. Come on. This is my backup right here. You guys, come on. Stand around, Jonah, over here. Come on. Face it. Get all around over here. You guys, this is on your team, right? And see, God's going, I got your back. I got you. Now, some of you might be going, but come on, Jonah, this is stacked. It's not even fair. I know. That's what's crazy. When God is on your team, the devil doesn't stand a chance. Man, he can't do anything. It's already won before it's even started. God's got it stacked. If he tells you to do it, you don't have to look around, wait, and just step into it. Whatever God's telling you to do, God's going, I've got all of heaven at your back. Come on, give it up for my buddies one time. You guys can go. Fantastic job. You see, whenever you see the doctor's report, you say, I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. I see what the doctor said, but I listen to what God has declared. I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe. You don't think, if I give, I will run out. You say, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. God, if you want me to give, I'll give. I'll close with this story because it's so fun when you see this start happening in real life, like in practical ways. I mean, sermons are awesome. The Word of God being proclaimed and preached is wonderful. But you know when it gets really cool is when you're not a hearer only, but when you're a doer of the Word. 
When you start living by faith and not by sight, you look at your home situation, the devil's going to look at it, see it, it's messed up. Look at all the hate, look at all the anger, look at all the betrayal, and you look at that and say, I see that, but here's what I see by faith. I see that God is the God who comes and comforts the brokenhearted, who heals the broken hearts, who reconciles relationships. I see that God who can step into any storm and bring peace. That's what I'm going off of. I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. I remember one time my little girl, Bria, she came up to me. She said, Dad, for my 11th birthday, I want to, lay, I want to raise $1,100 in 11 days for my 11th birthday, and I want to give it to missions. She felt like that's what she was supposed to do. And being the man of God and full of faith that I am, I said, that'll never work. <laughs> I actually thought it. I didn't say it to her. I was stumped. I didn't know what to say. She's like, Dad. $1,100 in 11 days, and I'm going to give it to missions and help people who are in need. I was like, oh, oh, hey, yeah, hey, oh. I mean, I didn't even know what to say. And I was like, you know what? You chase the dream that God's placed in your heart. We'll leave the results to the Lord. I wanted to talk honestly because I'm thinking, what if she's disappointed? What if she's discouraged? What if she doesn't? So I'm like, as a dad, I'm going there, right? Well, hey, you try, but that's okay, you know? And so I was like, you just chase it. Well, the first few days, like, she's like, Dad, oh, my word, money's poor. I just got $22. Oh, Dad, oh, to $33. Oh, that's $70. Oh, I'm like, that is so incredible and so far away from $1,100. Seriously. So it got down to the end, and now, now it's just like, just like crickets, you know. Like, like no more money coming in. She's $328 short and like nothing. Like grandparents won't even take her phone call. Uh, next door neighbors, like, close the blinds. Here come the Gibbons again. It's just, it was just done. And uh, I was speaking at at a college for their spiritual emphasis, and I spoke a message. My family was there with me that day, and I spoke a message on, on obeying whatever God tells you to do. So after the, the service was over, we were in the cafeteria, and this college girl comes up to me. She said, hey, that message really blessed me. I was like, oh, that's cool. She said, while you were talking, I felt like God spoke to my heart. I had worked over the summer and saved up some money. I felt like I was supposed to give it to a ministry, and every time I went to do it, God would say, not yet. She said, and then there was another ministry came up, and, and I was like, okay, I'll invent. She said, God said, not yet. She said, then today, when you're speaking, felt like God said, now, that's where I want you to give the money. Well, I thought that's really cool, but I'm also thinking, I'm not about to take this college girl's money, right? I'm just like, no, hey, that's really cool. That, oh, wow, what a story, but you keep your money. She's like, no, I, I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to give it to you. And I'm thinking, you know, here's this college girl holding this envelope full of money and I'm thinking how shady does this look you know everybody and I'm like I don't even know her I want everybody to know I don't even know her I mean I was just thinking this could be crazy and so I was like hey I, I, I'm, I'm not going to take your money but that's cool you, you just keep it kind of like you offered it and I was just like you know Abraham Isaac I give it back you know it's like you just and she said when you were preaching you said if God speaks to you, I'm like, oh, now you're going to throw my sermon back up in my face like that. So I said, you know what? I think I know what's going on. See, that's my family over there across the way. See right there? That's my daughter, Bria, right there. She's, she's raising money for missions, and 
She's pretty short for it, but maybe some of this can go towards that. Why don't you listen to her story, and you do whatever God tells you to do? Is that cool? She's like, deal. I'll do it. I was like, great. So she went over there. I went back to get my, I kind of glanced over my shoulder. My daughter, Bria, was just going for it. Well, missions, and I, $1,100, God talked to me, you know, she's telling it, you know. So I walked over there about the time the girl was like, well, how short are you? And Bria said, I'm $328 short. And the girl said, well, I don't know how much I have saved up in here, but let's count it together. So they started counting. She's like, $50, 100 dollars $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $100, $